It is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well, and Trevor Plouffe off vacationing right now with his hoity-toity people. So in his place, none other than the star of Shea Station, Jolly Olive. Hello, Jolly. How are you? Chris, I am fantastic. It's always an honor when you guys ask me to come on the show. Baseball today is one of the best things we do at Jumboy Media. And uh, I was saying before we went live, you guys run a nice tight ship. 1130 yeah. on the dot. We get going. I love it. It's great. Yeah, we, we try to do that. Uh, by the way, Jolly and John Cox did an amazing job in our Blitzball Battle 3. They were up in the booth with Moylan and myself giving us great stats. That's coming out in early May. Did you even wash your uh, little three-quarter zip? Yet? Oh, I did. We have a thing where whenever okay. we get new merch, it kind of has that vinegar smell because of the laser printing. Yes. So I had to get this yeah. thing washed immediately. But it was great. Okay, good. good. <laughs> All right. Uh, quick reminder that baseball today is brought to you by Fubo. So if you're looking for an amazing way to stream your team's games this coming season, Fubo has got you covered. And streaming is more important right now for your regional broadcast than ever before. It is a streaming service with more than 200 live channels, sports, movies, shows, news. They have Fox, they have FS1 and FS2, which comes in handy during the World Baseball Classic. They also have ESPN for your big-time matchups, your Sunday night baseball, the most local sports, lowest price, so you never miss your team's games. So visit FuboTV.com slash baseball today to see which channels are in your lineup and also score 15% off your first month. We want to save you some dough. In addition to that, on our last show of this week, which will be Thursday, we're going to have our Fubo TV question of the week. So you got to get that in by Wednesday. If we pick yours to use, and we used Eric King's last week, we'll not only read it on the show and give you some love, you also get a Baseball Today t-shirt coming your way. And we'll even pick the right size for you. So there you go. <laughs> um, Jolly, before we really dig into the nuts and bolts and start with Team USA and how they, you know, woke up the bats last night. I want to start with an amazing story. Uh, Duque Herber, I believe is his name, for Team Nicaragua. 21-year-old against the Dominican. He struck out Soto. He struck out J-Rod. He struck out Devers. And there was a scout from the Tigers on hand, which is why I'm wearing the old English D today. They signed him to a professional contract. Coolest story I've heard from the World Baseball Classic so far. I mean, easily. I mean, this is, it's, it's not what the WBC is all about, but it's about giving guys opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. I love the ads that run during the WBC about the players who work regular nine to fives and they come when they represent their country and they become superstars basically overnight. And for this kid, this is an opportunity he might've not gotten a shot at prior and kudos to the Tigers for having people present at the WBC to inspect the talent and see what's there. And now this kid has a real shot to, you know, make a big league ball club and the Tigers, there's plenty of opportunity on that team. So I absolutely love everything about it. Yes. Uh, I am happy for him, but let's be honest. If the Tigers, the way their last few seasons have gone, do not have representatives at the World Baseball Classic. Then what do we do? Shame on them. <laughs> uh, listen, we don't know what this is, it's going to mean for this kid. Uh, we don't know if we'll ever see him in the big leagues. But the fact that he finally gets to pitch outside of his native land is something really cool. And I, I don't know if there's many big leaguers that could strike out the triumvirate of Soto, J-Rod, and Devers in one inning. And this is a this much bigger stage, too. A yeah, much bigger stage awesome. in the regular season game. Absolutely. It's one of the great. amazing things we love about the World Baseball Classic. So let's get to it. USA earlier on Monday got a huge assist from Great Britain. 
Uh, they then crushed our friends from north of the border in Canada. Uh, biggest takeaway from Monday's mauling for the red, white, and blue was what? I mean, they were absolutely incredible last night. You got a feel for our guy Mitch for Team Canada, who yeah, Mitch kind of got put 19 years Mitch old. Brad in an, an impossible situation, really. Uh, a guy who's in high A currently going up against basically one of the greatest baseball teams ever assembled. He gets one out, allows six earned runs, walks three, and uh, I didn't get much better from there for Team Canada. But kudos to him for going out there and wearing it. And, you know, I think that, you know, you owe him some props a little bit for, I guess, just taking on that opportunity, even though it probably meant that it was assured that he was going to fail. Yeah. I mean, listen, you saw the look on his face. Uh, he got a big pat from Freddie Freeman, obviously, the former league MVP. Um, Ernie Witt, most of you probably don't remember Ernie Witt, but he was, uh, you know, he was a solid catcher uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's basically been the only manager that Team Canada has ever known. And he was giving the kid a shot, yeah. right? And um, it, it was tough to watch, but I felt great for him that he got the opportunity. Like, if you had the choice at 19 years old, to either face that lineup or not face that lineup, you're taking it every day of the week where you're you're taking your shot, right? Absolutely. And I mean, you'd be silly not to, even if it does end up this way. Um, Rosie, I, I want to highlight one thing because I think it totally gets lost in translation here. There's a guy that also pitched for Team Canada that I recently covered a little bit. His name is Adam Lowen. And you oh, might yeah. remember him because he was the number four pick Way back in a draft 20 years ago in 2002, this guy transitioned from pitcher to outfielder back to pitcher. And 20 right. years later, he's still pitching on nationally televised baseball. I just thought that was really interesting. It was. And, and I believe that the reason he came back, I was kind of half listening at the time. I thought Ken Rosenthal said because he lost his wife uh, yes. to cancer and he wanted his kids to be able to see him pitch for team Canada. So there's so many emotional stories. Um, I think it's great that we're hearing them. And, uh, but I would say, listen, if we're, if we're talking big picture here, it was nice. They put a nine spot up in the first, I think they heard a lot of the chirping team USA about, Oh my God, now we're going to have to get down to tiebreakers. We might not get out of pool play. Well, all they have to do is, is be victorious over Columbia on Wednesday and they punch their ticket. Are there still some shortcomings with this team? Absolutely. But Lance Lynn certainly sailed through and kind of saved him, right? Saved the yeah. bullpen. It was just he and Michaelis last night after they used eight pitchers the day before against Mexico. Uh, so that was good. There is one other thing I learned from last night's game is that personally, I have to dial back my expectations of how these guys are going to react in the dugout. I said on yesterday's show, where's the fire? Where's the passion that I see out of Venezuela, out of the Dominican, out of Puerto Rico, out of Team Italia? Yeah, out of Australia, out of all these teams that love this tournament, I look in the dugout and I see, yeah, cool. You know, I see a lot of this and rah, rah, but we're not jumping over the railing. I think personally, I have to dial back my own expectations here and just say, this is the way the dudes are. Now, it might change when we get to the later rounds, and I think it will. But as of right now, I don't think it doesn't mean that they don't care. I think I was wrong in saying that yesterday. I think it's a mix of both. I don't think you're entirely wrong because these are the defending WBC champions that they are expected to pretty much go undefeated as they have one of the more sizable rosters other than maybe the Dominican Republic. But yeah, I, it felt a little flat in Arizona during their first game and the play looked flat as well, losing to Mexico. So, I mean, 
It's it's kind of a mix of both because I think you expect this team to dominate and they did yesterday and that's what it looked like. But at the same time, I, Team Italy has so much to play for. You know, Mexico with those huge home runs, they're they're seated as underdogs. So when they get these big moments, I think the uh, the raw emotions they come naturally. Where for Team US, you know, if you're trouncing Team Canada twelve to one, you can't be doing crazy celebrations all the time. I think they will come naturally in the next round when you face off against some more fearsome opponents. But yeah, they're not one of the teams that I absolutely love tuning in to watch right now. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I've yeah, watched, it's weird. I've watched every inning so far, but you're right. They are not, if you were to rank teams in terms of interesting watches, they're not at the top of the list for, for either of us. Yep. Uh, Puerto Rico with the rare eight-inning no-hitter. Could have been a perfect game against Israel, but Kike Hernandez walked it off in the eighth inning because of the 10-run rule. Would it have been disrespectful if Puerto Rico had just taken a bunch of pitches or tried to bunt and gotten out in the eighth inning so they could have attempted a nine-inning perfect game? <sighs> it's tough to say. I uh, I don't think I, I don't think there's a world where Team Puerto Rico does it because this is a team that is on a mission. You know, they they've come in second in the past two WBCs. You know, there's a lot of pressure on this team to finish the job this time around. And even if you're up 10 nothing, even if you have a perfect game intact, anything you do that could jeopardize any of that, I think is uh, the wrong notion. So I don't think that was even a thought on their mind. And uh, I will say, how about Jose De Leon? Five and two thirds, 10 strikeouts, not a single base runner. A guy that could barely crack the Reds team last year is going out there and becoming an absolute superstar on the mound. Okay. Okay, so would you have liked to have seen them bunt three times for easy? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I understand the practicality side of this. Like, sure. You know, when we're talking about runs allowed per inning, a possible tiebreaker, I get all that. But still, like, isn't there a little bit of you that said, I want to see them try for a perfect game? Listen, it, it's combined so that obviously, like, it takes away a little bit from me because you'll never get the raw nine-inning no-hitter in the WBC because of pitching limits. But at the same time, there's never been one before. It would have been a very cool thing to happen. We saw the run record get broken earlier in the day. Would have been very cool to see two milestones in one day for the WBC. Uh, but eight perfect innings, not too bad either. Could you imagine if Puerto Rico had laid down three straight bunts in the bottom of the eighth and all gotten out, like bunted it back to the pitcher? I like think they would have lost the, the crowd. Uh, it's possible they would have lost the crowd. And you know what else? all the uh, kicking and screaming shows in that we have in sports television in the morning would have talked about it. Oh about that. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. They would have been forced to talk about baseball. That would have been <laughs> fascinating. Would have been a nightmare for them. Um, rough news for your Mets a little bit as Jose Quintana is going to be down. It sounds like till the all-star break, he has got a stress fracture in his ribs. Uh, how big a deal is this for your fragile Mets team? <laughs> fragile Mets team, Rosie, a low blow there. But I understand the sentiment because, you know, this is a team with lofty expectations. And one of the bigger question marks is the bottom half of that rotation. Yeah, we got some old guys there. And when me and Jerry on Shea Station talked about the Jose Quintana signing, we basically labeled it as, okay, this guy's going to come in. He's going to eat 150 innings. He's going to give you some quality starts. He might not blow your socks off, but he'll be good for eating some innings. And now he's missing half the season. That was the allure of the signing. So it's very confusing to me, but also Mets fans know that we have two young studs 
waiting in the wings for their opportunity. I don't think they thought they were going to get it this soon, but Tyler McGill and David Peterson are now both in competition to try and crack that major league roster where they would have otherwise started in AAA. Yes, but part of the reason that they made the Quintana signing was because they didn't trust those guys at that point, or else they would have said, Hey, here you go. Here's your shot. We don't need to spend the amount of money that we did on Jose Quintana. We could have spent elsewhere. Now, of course, when you're Stephen Cohen and he's the one dishing out the coin, you know, what's what, what he signed for two for 25 or something for 25. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not that big a deal to him. Um, Yeah. You know, here's the thing about Quintana. He really was great last year with, with Pittsburgh and then especially with St. Louis after he got traded there but he is a five and fly guy, right? That's just who he is at this point of his career. He's not a big strikeout dude, but yes, he is. He was going to play a role on a team, particularly one with an old pitching staff. This is an old, old rotation. And it's not just 40 year old Verlander and 37 or 38 year old Max Scherzer. We're talking about cookie Carrasco's long in the tooth and has been injured. How old is Kogai? Is he, Kodai is the youngest guy in the rotation at 30 years old. So he's 30. Okay. So, and it's a bunch of guys who have had some injury history. Now Verlander with the exception of the um, Tommy John really has been foolproof for the most part, but we saw what happened with Max last year. We saw what happened with him the year before. There's going to be some time where he possibly misses Uh, cookie has had his injury history as well. So it's just, it's not this injury right now that would be a bugaboo. It's what's next. And when you're competing with Atlanta and Philadelphia at the top of a beast division, you need all your, need all your bullets. No, I agree. And I mean, it's kind of what you said. It's when was the first domino going to fall and how long can you hold out until that domino falls? And it turns out we didn't even get to the beginning of the season before it did. Uh, but I have faith in our guys. I think the Mets have built some really good pitching depth with guys like Lucchese and Elisa Hernandez and that trade and then McGill and Peterson, who we mentioned before, who are also having really good springs. But there's so many wild cards in that pitching rotation, which was basically, you know, the face of the team last year when they were all healthy in DeGrom, Bassett and Scherzer. So now it's going to be a matter of can 40 year old Verlander hold up? Can Scherzer manage that oblique? Is Kodai Senga a major league pitcher? Is Cookie Carrasco fully healthy that's four question marks in your top four right there i'm a mets fan so i'm gonna believe in these guys but i'd be lying if i said i wasn't a little bit worried well by the way those i'll take those questions oh for sure great question i mean those are yeah the, you know those are pretty good questions to ask if you're a fan of a team but by the way yeah. have you have you have you done like preseason rankings in the nl east yet on chase station or anything like where are the mets in the one two three so we didn't do team rankings, but we did rank top 10 pitchers, top 10 position players. But I mean, in my full honest opinion, I, I love my Mets, but it's going to be the Braves division until it isn't, you know, mm. Interesting. I'm being completely honest. Who? So the best pitcher in the division. Uh, God, and he's it's a tough pitched, question. He's never pitched in the National League on a consistent basis. So can you put Verlander there when, when he just won a Cy Young? I mean, the other guy who also just won a Cy Young is there too, but we had Sandy at the top. Oh, for us. Well, I forgot about yeah. him because he plays on such a crappy team. <laughs> they, Rosie, they got Luis Arias. They're going to be great. Yeah, he's good. 
he's a good player. He is a <laughs> he, is. he is a very good player. There's no question. <laughs> they also gave up a hell of a pitcher for him. They did, and he looked great in the WBC. Sure as hell did. Yep. All right. Speaking of former Cy Young Award winners, Trevor Bauer inked a one-year, $4 million deal with Yokohama, the Bay Stars, over in Japan. Are you surprised that no MLB team signed him after the Dodgers released him? You know, it's a good question. Uh, I will say I'm not surprised. Uh, I think a lot of teams kind of made it abundantly clear that there was no real interest there. I think as soon as you kind of heard Trevor himself go quiet on that front, you could figure that – there was no real interest there because if you remember back in 2021 when it was the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes, you know, he was teasing his uh, ventures to every team whenever there was any remote interest. And it even came down to the the final day there where it was Dodgers and Mets and there was a whole controversy. But no, personally, I'm not shocked that there was no MLB opportunity for Trevor Bauer. Uh, he goes overseas. I'm sure he's going to light it up over there if he's still got his stuff. And uh, it's probably best for both sides, in my opinion. So I just want everybody to be abundantly clear here. Save me with the, oh, he's getting screwed by Major League Baseball. You know, they're colluding against him. These are 30 individual businesses that have made a decision. Well, we know the Dodgers did. So it's 29 other ones that have looked and said, it's not worth it. Guy might be super talented, just not worth it at this point. And you can say he was never charged, factually accurate, um, all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to decide what is best for your business. And if you want to take a jump into that water, you would have to explain to your fan base why you're doing it, right? Even though, once again, he was never charged with anything. Um, I think if you were to ask the Dodgers, would they do it again? They would raise their hands and say, Bad on us. Bad on us. We didn't do. We looked at the big prize and said, listen, we're defending champions. Local kid. Cy Young talent. Let's bring him in. I think if you look back at it and I know some people will write in the comments. Hey, Rose, you never heard anything bad out of the clubhouse. I did. Maybe not sure publicly. as well. Yeah. And I mean, this was almost something that the Mets got themselves involved in. I know firsthand Bob Nightingale tweeted that the deal was done. Right. That was almost a very much, that was almost the first huge signing of the Steve Cohen era after Francisco Lindor and kudos to the Dodgers for taking the high road and being accountable for a mistake that they made. And you're right. It is a decision kind of push it to the limit, but I I don't think that they, I don't I don't think they came out and said 100%. Hey, we screwed up here. Like we, this was a mistake that we made. All they said was we're moving on. We're parting ways. They, they gave the generic statement. So let's not sit here and say, so at the end of the day, um I don't know. Do you think he's going to ever pitch again in Major League Baseball? I don't. Um you risk losing a large portion of your fan base when you bring this guy out onto the field do and you? what he currently represents. I think you do wholeheartedly because he, I, me, me myself as a fan, I would have trouble rooting for my favorite team, knowing that they were paying Trevor Bauer to come out and pitch for my favorite team. Hey, listen, I got stuck in that world in the, in football with my yeah. team. 
And it is not easy, right? When you, you don't know exactly what happened with people, you know what sort of legal proceedings have taken place. And I think, you know, when you run that risk as a team, you're putting your fan base in a very, very difficult situation. Very difficult because in some cases, and I don't know how your family works, but for me, sports has tied our family together. A lot of my great memories as a kid and as a young adult and now as a parent of two kids that are Cleveland sports fanatics are tied to this stuff. You know, some of our best trips, watching games together, all that sort of, and you say it's silly, that's ridiculous, but that's how our DNA works as the Rose family. And I don't think it's silly or ridiculous, by the way. No, Plenty it's, families it's not are tied us. by other things as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't sit here and judge whatever, but I'm just saying that some people think it is silly because sport, oh, sports should never be that big. Well, it is for us. And so to ask people to get rid of their sports allegiance because you don't agree with every move they make or every person they bring in to represent the organization, that's tough. And to say, well, okay, just go find another team. That don't happen. Really? Like, Charlie, yeah. how old are you? 24? 23. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're 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 older than my uh oldest son. The Mets mean a ton to you. If I yes. told you that you had to give up your fandom, could you do it? It would hurt like hell, for sure. That's a, a very formative part of what I do for a living, you know, key pieces of my personality and stuff like that is tied to the team that I root for. But at the end of the day, sports is not larger than life itself, at least in my case. And I, my job is to look at numbers on a paper and evaluate players and write about players. And with a guy like Trevor Bauer, knowing what he was accused of, whether you, whatever your take is on that case, knowing what I know about that situation it's not a guy that I could root for and sit down at the ballpark and enjoy watching. And it would take away my infatuation with the team to a huge extent. You know, I still have my past years as a fan with those teams. And that's, I think what I would cling on to, but I think a lot of teams realized that's very much a thing that they are risking bringing in a guy like Trevor Bauer. So are you saying that you would stop being a Mets fan if they brought in Trevor Bauer? I think so impressive i mean obviously really easier said than done but it would be very very difficult to still root for the team if they knew what they knew and still made that decision yeah so uh, you know um i got a lot of calls from browns fans after they made the deshaun watson move and that's and, you know the face of the team now essentially absolutely and yeah. uh my one of my my college roommate he called he's got three young boys he's like how can I do this? How can I explain to them that I can be a fan? He's like, I, I'll be back when he's when he's done. And he's not the only guy. Yeah. Not the only guy I heard. So, yeah, a lot going on. But um, no major league fan base has to worry about that this year as Trevor Bauer heads on over to Japan. Great. Um, last thing in the YouTube and the podcast version of the show. Uh, Great Britain had more uniform issues, even though they did pick up their first WBC win ever on Monday. What a segue. The T <laughs> on Great fell off the uniform. Should we start a GoFundMe page for the Great Britain WBC uniforms at this point? Chris, how does how does this happen? How how does this happen in the World Baseball Classic in 2022? Especially 
in the first win in Great Britain's history. How does this happen? This is yeah. unbelievable. Well, I mean, I think it's it's symbolic. It's perfect, honestly. For a while, I looked at the jersey and I was like, aren't they called Great Britain, not Grail Britain? <laughs> and I was Gray like, Britain. oh my God, the T is, the T fell, the T fell. You know, I mean, and how appropriate uh, is it that a group from England that we're talking about T? No T whatsoever. No T. It's brutal because most of the uniforms are pretty interesting. I love the colors, all that sort of stuff. Great Britain, I think it was made seven minutes before first pitch, and they were finishing the ironing job. And, you know, there there are a lot of, like, more minimal, minimalist designs in this year's WBC, and I still think they look great. But they just went, yeah, throw it on a red jersey, write our name on there, good to go. It could have been made the day before they left. Who knows? But, I mean, at least it wasn't completely gray and drab this time, I guess. They had that going for them, but, man. Who, um, whose uniforms do you dig the most? Really like Venezuela's this year. Yes. Um, Puerto Rico is always a favorite of mine, even though, you know, they don't switch it up too much from WBC to WBC. And I will say, you know, we talked about it's hard to root for the U.S. before. I don't love the U.S. uniforms either. They're not high up on my list. No, they're, they're okay. I, they're I feel fine. like they need a kind of a refresh. Um, I love Team Israel's hat. Obviously, yes. being Jewish, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I'm Definitely. thinking about getting a Team Israel hat. I think I'm digging it. <laughs> I miss the uh, the mensch on the bench. Remember the big stuffed mm. guy that they used to have? I, I I wish he had made a return. You know, and maybe got to make new traditions. There you go. I guess so. So um, a lot of cool stuff still going on with the WBC, and it's going to get really interesting on Wednesday when it's really do or die team or do or die uh, situation for a bunch of big name teams out there that we will break it down. Uh, Jolly, what do you have coming up? You have another edition of Shea station that's getting released soon. Your baseball reference stuff. That's going great. What do we have? Yeah. So we got daily episodes uh, every weekday on Shea station right now for player profile and projections. We're doing Good. our own version of it. Like Yanks and baseball uh, ref guess is back every Thursday for any fanatics who love that series. We love doing it great. for you guys. And uh, plenty of new baseball trivia games that I'm busy brewing in my head along the way, plus new Jolly Out videos every Saturday. Love that. That's a lot of good stuff. Uh, latest edition of the Rose Rotation is out with a pair of Buckos catchers. Uh, Kevin Ploiecki joins Austin Hedges. And my guy, really, Ploiecki. Yeah, yeah your, your guy, Ploiecki. Good dude. Good dude. Uh, so go out and listen to that one as well. And we are back again tomorrow. Trevor Plouffe will be back in that seat, but I want to thank Jolly Olive for hanging out with us. Always does a bang up job as always for our one of a kind producer, Dan and Jolly Olive. I am Chris. Don't forget to get the FUBU TV question of the weekend. You got to get it in by Wednesday so we can read your name and your question on Thursday and you can get some baseball today swag. We will see you Wednesday here on baseball today.